Take me to Lebanon, I'll dance for you. You'll dance for us and they put <laughs> shit on the floor. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the Rooting Around podcast, a podcast where we take a not-so-deep dive into countries around the world. I'm Kevin. I'm Tom. And I'm Ed. And if you enjoy this podcast... Like, follow. subscribe, follow, share... Leave five stars. Ask your nan to watch it. Yeah. And think about your group of friends and think who would really enjoy another white boy podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Another <laughs> three guys talking about stuff they don't know too much about. And then share it with them. Yeah. I don't think many podcasts have as few facts as we do. Without, yeah, there's without, way more facts than other podcasts. specifically being comedy based. So if that's not if that's not a ringing endorsement of this podcast, I don't know what is. Yeah, Lebanon, Lebanon, that's Le- where we're going. Le- Lebanon or Lebanon? Lebanon, Lebanon, Lebanon. Uh, that's Lebanon, but Levan, I call it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling jazzy. Levan. Why do you call it Levan? I, I just fancy it. It's in the Levant, isn't it? That's what it's named after. Mm. Oh, but the country's called Liban in French. And Lebanon. In. Uh, Arabic. <laughs> in Arabic, mate. <laughs> right. Take us to the top, Ed. It's a small country. Smaller than you think. Yeah. 10.5 thousand square kilometers. 10.5 square kilometers. Yeah. Well, you start using decimals with, with thousands. That was a weird way to say it, but yeah. That is four times Luxembourg. Not massive. And half a whale. Whoa. Is it half? A, is it smaller than Wales? Wales. Yeah. I I find that hard to believe. That's like yeah, it's half the size. That's of tiny. Wales, yeah. Dutty, we'd say in Wales. That's like from my house to fucking Tembe. Go to Oakwood, is it? Yeah. yeah, that's true. Actually, probably true. Yeah. Damn, that's that's no, small. So that's like a two-hour drive across. Yeah. Fuck. There's a lot of traffic really there, so it probably take a bit longer. Yeah, that was that was an ongoing trend. Uh, while researching the country is that mm, traffic's mad mm, I experienced it it's really bad um, with food poisoning that's we'll get to that later uh, <laughs> population are you okay? I job my neck <laughs> well just while we were on the traffic thing I was actually in a car accident on Saturday really? <laughs> yeah I was getting an Uber home from a gig oh, no. and uh, someone crashed into the back of us and then someone crashed into the back of them and we got jarred twice. Oh. My neck's getting worse by the day. Maybe you Have you get thought about out. about suing? No, I haven't. Where there's blame, there's a claim, as the as the old saying goes. What is it? No, no win, no fee. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should like whiplash. In- injury lawyers for you. Plus, look what they did to you. Now you've got a cast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did get out of the car with with a cast and in a sling. But at least at least if it was a major crash, you could have smashed your way out with that whole yeah. hand. That would have hurt a bit, but yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Back to the headlines. <laughs> Population is big compared to the size. 5.3 million, which is 8.9 Luxembourgs, and 1.6 Waleses. Nice. It's a lot of Waleses. Yeah. A lot of people for not a lot of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> Capital, Beirut. Yeah. One of your favourite bands. My Yeah, probably my favourite band. One of my favourite restaurants in Bristol as well. Have you been to Beirut? Yeah, yeah. No, so basically, my cousin was studying there, uh, and I went to visit him. He was studying in Beirut. Uni? uni? Yeah, I college? think it was his master's. Was he there? Did he choose to go to Beirut Uni? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't. I don't know if it was Beirut well, Uni because they've got several. Or was it like a? Oh, it, no, but was it, it like a course been, there? Or was it like? Um, uh, he spent a, a year, year there, there, so I think it was some sort of like Erasmus thing. Yeah, Erasmus thing. And um, so we went there, Beirut, really nice. We were also planning on like going to other places. Like we went to Babylon. No, Byblos, sorry. <laughs> went to Byblos, which is really cool. Um, went to a place fairly close to the Syrian border, which is, I forgot the name of now, but it's like a, a really nice forest and stuff like that. But I actually missed the last three days because I was sat on the toilet in my hotel room. Nice. Um, hugging the sink at the same time. Oh, you had a bit of bit of DV. Yeah, a bit of DV. Nice. Yeah. What, what DV? was the, what was the diarrhea vomit? What was the cause of the DV? The cause was something I I really tried to find. Was it foreign, why it was foreign cold. food? It was <laughs> not going to go down your route here. It was really tasty uh, food. It was like a meatball wrapped in dough, and basically we went to this place and. 
we were under the impression that it was like small plates and we ordered so much and it i don't look like it but i eat a lot and i can eat a lot as well and i was eating a lot like i compared to the rest of my family i was eating a lot and we went back to to beirut in the evening went to another restaurant just to have dinner and i was like this is not i'm not good i just had a salad and everyone else was having normal food and that evening it was the worst you think it was the salad no i think it was the food beforehand but because i had so much of it i got ill really quickly my sister got ill the day after she had the second most amount of food and then my dad got ill the third day Um. so we all got my mum didn't get ill but we pretty much all got ill and i probably had it the worst my sister had it quite bad as well but the the journey back was awful. The airport is small. There's tons of people, traffic to get to the airport. You know, when you have, you, you are going to shit yourself. It's inevitable. You know, you're going to shit yourself. It's just whether you're going to be in close proximity to a toilet. And then a plane, four hours on a plane. You don't want to have diarrhea on a plane. Did you have diarrhea on the plane? I managed to stay dry. Keep the powder uh, dry, yeah. as they say. And the whole, then, whole journey. Yeah, whole journey back. And then I ru- as soon as we landed, I rushed to the Oh, thank God I can airport. use one of these civilized Western toilets. <laughs> it's Ed's inner monologue. No, that's not what happened. I rushed to the toilet, but I left my passport on the plane because I rushed to the toilet. And uh, yeah, I forgot about it until I tried to leave. And but it's an airport is not a good place to not have a passport. <laughs> no. It's not practical. What did you say? Or did you let did you let daddy take it from that? No, I had a, I had my Luxembourgish ID card and I was in France at that point, so you're fine because that's the EU. Um, mm. So I was lucky to have my ID with me because otherwise I don't actually know what happens because the plane was like gone. They, they wouldn't imagine let me back that home. you got stopped by some customs person, immigration person, mm. you're like no passport. You're like, put my tummy. Just shit yourself in front of him. You'd be like, if you lock me up now, is there is there a toilet in the cell? <laughs> Would it be quicker? Bienvenue. <laughs> Spraying oh, everywhere. Bastard. How old were you? A year before COVID or two years before oh, COVID. Okay. So it was oh, very recent. recent. Yeah. Or after the rally? The same year as the rally. So 2019 it was. Like April 2019. Oh, nice. So that's all you did was eat a lot of food and yeah, shit Yeah, to be honest, I, I saw a lot of Beirut and then when we started going like more outside of beirut um that's when i started staying more in the hotel room <laughs> i have to say yeah. that your, your way of talking about lebanon <laughs> you've not really informed us of anything you just said you ate a lot of food and mis- but, misunderstood a menu but what, what, <laughs> but what was the food you ate a lot of so the the, the thing that really made me ill i think was yeah well, those no, don't this is a podcast. People want to know what, what to eat, not what to what okay, avoid. Sorry, let me just get my notes off. So there's plenty of good stuff to eat that we could have had now, but we forgot again. Um, le- labne, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Some is that like yogurt a spread. yogurt thing? Yeah, oh, it's so, so good. good. I don't think I've ever had it. Oh, it's good. So good. What's it like? It's like yogurt. Yogurt, yeah. It's yogurt. Is it sweet or Garlicky. Sweet? It's garlicky, sweet and sour. It's weird. Is it a bit like borsna? No. No. It's, it's creamy. It's like sour cream. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you like kind of spread it. Uh, kibe, which is spiced ground meat mixed with bulgur wheat. That's that might sh- be your stuff. No, it wasn't. No? no. Isn't there one dish, like a meaty dish, that they sometimes serve raw? Yeah. Oh, there is. Mine was definitely cooked, but I, I don't know. I've heard about this one, but I don't know what it's called. I don't it's know almost what it's like called, a no. steak tatar. Yeah. Oh, that, that pronunciation was so good. Wow. Um, yeah, kibe is a national dish. And then they have obviously hummus. I think that all the countries there like, claim it, I guess. Can I put you on pause there while we're on hummus? Yeah. Do you remember our Israel episode where we were talking about hummus wars? Yeah. Yeah. No way. So it's Lebanon. They've, they've, they've taken it back. They've taken got back it. the title. They've got it. I, oh. got, I got the whole story. Go ahead. I even went on to the Guinness World Records to, to fact check this. This is an actual fact. This is an actual fact. <laughs> so the largest audience. serving of hummus was at <laughs> 10,452 kilograms. That's ridiculous. That's 23,042 pounds, 12 ounces for those other ones. And it was achieved by Chef Ramsey Shueri. Shueri? Shueri? And the students of Al Kafat University in Lebanon in Beirut on the 8th of May 2010. The hummus was made by around 300 student chefs under the direction of the chef. 
and served on the new largest ceramic plate, world record. <laughs> wow. Which measured 7.17 meters in diameter and was created by the local architect, That's Joe Caballan. Local you know, architect. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. He, That's no, like he normally makes ponds, but we got him <laughs> in for this job. <laughs> I've still I got a little bit of information on the plate as well. So the largest ceramic plate weighed 4,320 kilos. Did it say fuck you as well on it? <laughs> Uh, it was nine and a half uh, thousand pounds and measured 7.17 meters wow. or 23 and a half subways in diameter. Oh, that was your addition. Right? Yeah. That's uh, crazy. But was the like hummus layer really thin? No. Hopefully it was a mound. I'm, well, regardless, I'm it was like 10,000 kilos, wasn't it? So uh, the plate hot. was made of clay and supported internally with steel tubes. So wow. it had like some actual like rebar. Yeah, so that's why an architect. So. That's fantastic. Foundations. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I'm, I'm going to have to have a look at the picture some, now. Some I, 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 I get what I. The one stat I was hoping to have was like the volume, like how many cubic liters of hummus is it? Because wait, I can. I, I. Do you think? I can't imagine do you what think it's similar to water? That a liter is a kilo. No, I think it's way more. It's way more dense. Uh, that'd be great if I'll it have was. A pint of hummus, please, mate. I I could drink hummus by the pint. Yeah, drink. Oh, oh yeah, you call it drink. I could drink it. Drink Whoa. it. Whoa, yeah. that can blurry, isn't it? Leave it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That is. We just threw paprika on it. That looks fantastic. Yeah. Oh, they made a little cedar tree. Oh, that's a good move. We should probably hit the cedar trees after you uh, tell us what. I've just what got other a couple got. other things. Something that's really good for breakfast, and I can vouch for it without having the shits. Manouche. It's like it's like dough. It's like a pizza basically with olive oil and uh, parsley. Uh, and then that's the thing that I'm, I'm. That's that might be the thing that gave me the shits. Lambi ajin, but I'm not sure if it is. Which is dough topped with a mixture of minced meat, onions, and parsley. It looked similar on the picture, but it didn't look exactly the same, so I'm not sure. Is right. it baked? I don't know. Well, the dough is baked, but I don't know whether the meat is cooked before and then uh, everything is baked or whether it's baked all together at the same time. Dear. Mm. Sounds delicious. I'm sure it it's does. delicious. It does. Um, and tabbouleh is tabbouleh. Lebanese. Oh, man. I love, love tabbouleh, tabbouleh, but I can only have a little bit. Oh, no, Why? I can have a ton. I can have five kilos of tabbouleh God, that, that stuff it's sticks with me for ages what sticks in you just no the the taste you know that you get the because you, you get teeth full of parsley and just never leaves yeah oh no i love it yeah that's that's the food they um nice. famous for wine in lebanon i've right. had lebanese wine Signed up. to one of these stupid this is about two years ago now to one of these stupid like wine club things but i'll tell you for why i, I used to work at one <laughs> Well, because they had like like really good introductory offers, like you'd you'd sign up, and then you'd get like twelve bottles for the price of six, and they were good stuff. Yeah. So I naturally did the, the smart thing you do is use one for every single debit card that I had. Mm-hmm. I got to three orders, Excellent. and then the fourth one, they were like, "We're not sending wine to a different person, a same person at the same address, using a different payment method anymore." <laughs> I was like, uh, "You got me." But have, have you had calls since? Uh, no. Wh- which club was it? I think it was like Angel Wine. Oh, okay. like that. It wasn't like Lathwaite or anything like that. Nothing fancy. That's who I worked for. Well, it's one of the best shout out. Lathwaite's looking for a sponsor. Hi there. Um, can I speak to Mr. Seaman, please? Hi, this is uh, Kevin calling from Lathwaite's Wines. How are you today? There was actually a man called Mr. Seaman. I just remember. Was that. it David Seaman, former Arsenal goalkeeper? No, his name was <laughs> Leonard. Leonard Seaman. Leonard Skinnard. Leonard Skinnard. Leonard Nimoy. Well, it would be better if his name was Lehman Schemann. Lehman <laughs> Schemann. <laughs> like Leonard Skinner. Um, uh, do you want some national symbols? Yes. Go ahead. So we got the flag. Very nice flag, by the way. Very, very nice flag. So it features red, white, and red horizontal stripes with the cedar of Lebanon in the center. The, uh, the red and white symbolize courage, bravery, purity, and peace. The red represents sacrifices made by the Lebanese people, while the white represents the snow-capped mountains and purity. And the cedar of Lebanon, a national emblem, is featured in the center, representing the strength and the courage and the country's history. That's something that's great. Lebanon is a small country, but you can just drive from Beirut, which feels like this, obviously it's Mediterranean, but like this Mediterranean, like 
city like really nice really warm by the sea beautiful and you drive like an hour and you can go ski mm. yeah i heard Very you can like cool. ski in the morning and swim in the afternoon yeah also 14 percent of lebanon is uh covered by cedar forests Ooh, that's huge yeah I'm i didn't used to make boats out of cedar tree that's uh <laughs> that's why i didn't go next to the syrian border the cedar forest like the f- there's like one famous cedar forest i didn't go there because i was hanging the shits very, very disappointing my parents brought me a, a tub of um cedar honey though nice is it good very good nice so can you tell the difference could you tell the difference? oh yeah like cedar cedar has a, a decent smell but just it, in general honey like... tastes very different depending on what like it is i don't eat much maybe i should it's very nice um cedar trees are like they, they repel insects mm-hmm. they're like there's a really amazing tree it has loads of like purposes just before we completely leave skiing um lebanon is home of the world's smallest man-made ski slope um, and it's located in the backyard of a Lebanese grandmother's can, house. Can we guess how long it is? Do you have how length? long is the journey down the slope? Yeah, in, is that in, in length or, or in, in time? time? Well, well depends, that depends, fast, depends how fast you're going. Well, it's really short. I'm imagining like slip and slide lengths. We're talking five, five to eight meters. And it takes 12 seconds. It takes two seconds. Two seconds. That's a joke. To get down. Yeah. That's like the length of a ski. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> How much is she charging for this? I don't know. Is there snow? It's artificial. <laughs> There's snow in the mountains. Yeah, but on this. So I'm, I'm guessing they made it with snow. It's probably just snow, actually. It's a flat surface. And yeah. then you just put <laughs> like. Just a little tiny slope. I feel like if you, if you scrape the ice out of your freezer, you'll get a bigger snow. Yeah. Snow run. Is it what, what are we talking about? Is it double black diamond? Is that <laughs> yeah. It's basically just a cliff, it's just nice. a tiny cliff with a with a dusting of like whatever fell off the fucking slushy you had. <laughs> uh, well, they yeah they're mad about cedar. Obviously, it's their national emblem, symbolizing strength, beauty, and eternal life. It's on the coat of arms, which also features laurel branches and the national motto: "All for us, for our nation, for our flag, for glory." Nice. The Strong. national flower is the jasmine. Nice. National bird is the Lebanese serin, which is uh, which represents Lebanon's diverse wildlife. But it's also one of the rarest birds in in the country. Never heard of the it's, serin. Uh, indigenous, and then obviously the national tree is the cedar. They kind of. I know. Do you know what the national pastime is? No. Smoking. Smoking. Smoke, smoking what? Cigarettes. How is that what? a pastime? Like, what do you mean? Worst ranked third in the world for highest cigarette consumption per capita. Damn. Around around 1.1 million over 18s currently smoke in the country. And by law, hotels have to allocate 20% of their capacity for smokers. Damn. Wow. Keep it up. Do you know the national dance is Dabka? What's that? It's Dabbing. Basi- yeah, it's basically just... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I forget <laughs> I've got it sometimes. Uh, no, you just kind of hold hands. And it's kind of like a weird conga line. And you just kind of kick your feet out like you're skanking a little bit. Oh, we, okay. We went to we went out the first evening, me, my cousin, my sister. And we went to this bar and they were like, I really like the dance going involved as well. And I hate dancing. It's like, you know, when you like do this with your hands. Yeah. It's basically one movement and both arms, like the men have this. It's just, they do just that. And the women actually do the dancing. And the men are just like, <laughs> it's great loved it good music Th- that's a good dance for you to do as well with those limbs I, yeah but I don't fit in most rooms when I do that yeah fair I've never seen you dance Ed. maybe I no. have you have to go to Lebanon with me take me to Lebanon I'll dance for you you'll dance for us and then you'll <laughs> shit on the floor <laughs> and vomit on you and that yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah got a couple of traditions couple of traditions oh there, uh, there's a professional league of uh, eating competitions professional yeah like that's in, why like, they make all the hummus like in the u.s devour the most kibbeh falafel and shawarma in record time shawarma oh, is also I mean, very popular there i could probably do the falafel eating competition i can put them away yeah no props no props also lebanon's got one of the largest diaspora populations in the world yeah oh isn't it isn't there 14, more there's 14 million uh, a lot of them in um um, 14 million 14 million Lebanese people outside of Lebanon uh, a lot of them there's in, five inside <laughs> in Brazil um, and Mexico which is where this is, brings me back to Shaverma 
um, tacos al pastor, the, Jap- the oh. Japanese, the Mexican taco dish, was brought across by Lebanese immigrants. No, that makes way. sense. As was Salma Hayek's ancestors. She's part Lebanese. As is Shakira. Oh. That's amazing. I know. I've got yeah. some famous people here. The most fascinating one is Amal Clooney. Oh, yeah. No. Oh. Related to his wife. Joe wife of. Oh. Wife human, of rights human rights lawyer and activist recognized for her work in international law. <laughs> she's, she actually, That's their greatest genu- export. Genuinely, she's a big deal in human rights law circles. Yeah, yeah. Wait, are we talking about George Clooney's wife? Yeah. yeah. Huh. She, I had no clue, but she's she, incredible. She negotiated the Nespresso contract. <laughs> she didn't know. She made that up. Um, uh, there's Fairuz, who's a, a, a singer. Lebanese singer and cultural yeah. icon. Um, Khalil Gibran, who's a poet, philosopher, and artist known for his book, The Prophet. Uh, Rafiq Hariri is former prime minister of Lebanon, an influential political figure. Uh, Carlos Gossen is a business executive and former chairman and CEO of Nissan and Renault. Asi Rabani is a prominent composer, musical musician, and part of the Rabani musical dynasty. Dynasty? Dynasty. What do you say? Dynasty. Dynasty. Zayad Rabani, artist, composer, and playwright. Um, and Nadine Labaki is film director and humanitarian, known for her film Capernaum. Which is a bit quite famous. I think it won won an award at Cannes. I don't know. Golden Lion or something. Was that Venice? Or whatever. <laughs> Ellie Saab is an international renowned fashion designer. And then Nancy Arjam is a popular Lebanese singer and one of the most successful Arab artists. Nice. So pretty cool exports there. It's actually a really diverse country, Lebanon. Um it's, it's got like I think it's like 30% Muslim, no, 50% Muslim, 40% Christian, then like the rest, some random ones and a lot of Druzes. It's really interesting yeah. walking around Beirut because there's like mosques next to churches and a lot of like mosques that are, that used to be churches and now mosques are the opposite. It's really, have you, really cool. Have you heard about the interesting um, electoral constitutional system that they have? In oh, don't they have to have... A, a yes. member from each religious group represented. Well, I'll tell you exactly how it works. <laughs> um, so it's unwritten rule. Um, it's unwritten. How? Why? It's in an unwritten convention. The president must be a Maronite Christian. The premier, a Sunni, mis- uh, Sunni Muslim. The speaker of the national assembly, Shiite, and the. Uh, I think there's a Druze in there somewhere. I'm not sure what role. Aren't Hezbollah represented as well? Aren't they? Hezbollah. How do say Hezbollah? Hezbollah is the... the, It's stuck in my head. The the small Dagestani boy. Um, (laughs) Hezbollah are... are, (laughs) Very different. They're they're a political faction, political party in Lebanon, who are Shiite. And Mm. they they get a lot of support from Iran. Um, and they've been kicking off a bit with Israel, and they, they like a lot of about like liberating Palestinians. Obviously, Lebanon's got a massive Palestinian uh, refugee population. It's got like a million, though. Wait, wait, from way back, from like the Nakba in like the fifties. I think it's a fifth of their entire population are refugees. That would make sense. Makes make sense, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and yeah, and they had a lot come in the last few years. So, yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't know too much about Lebanon, uh, about Hezbollah. I think they're they control the south, and you can't really go. So is that like there's a like military checkpoint. That's like Golan Heights part of things. So. Yeah, which is spewed with this with Israel. Well, nicked by by Israel mm. after the Six Day War. Possible. One of the wars. I don't know. Um, there's a really interesting film called an Israeli film. So make that what you will. Uh, called. <laughs> Called Waltz with Bashir. Have you heard about this? Oh, it's Martin like... Bashir. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no. The no. name of the Michael Jackson film. No, the Martin Bashir. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, I'm this is a, I'm a former Israeli soldier who served um, in some conflict. Have I been really in, distasteful in by making the Martin? Yeah, Bashir well, joke? It's, it's, it's sort of a little bit about atrocities, but it's always oh, worth it. Okay, but well, it's that like, documentary was an atrocity. But it's this this filmmaker who 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 sort of made this 
wanted to make a film about his experience in in, in a war for Israel, but couldn't um, couldn't actually film it with actors. I don't think he wanted to, so he made a cartoon out of it. It's really oh, moving. Wow. It's fantastical. What's with Bashir? It's really good. I highly recommend it. Nothing to do with my embassy no. and Michael Jackson. No. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so what countries border Lebanon? It's Syria, Israel. Yeah. And at, in north? I, would, I, would, I have a feeling that Syria might be all of it, all around it. God, we're so bad on this podcast. None of us look at a map. I did have it written down, but I deleted it's, it because I was expecting one yeah, of you guys Syri- to Yeah, it's just Syria and Israel. Syria's uh, north yeah. and west and east. Spicy. And Israel is south. Well, in that case, what's with Bashir might just be about the Israeli-Syrian conflict and not have nothing to do with Lebanese. So I might have to retract all that. It's a great film, though. Check it out. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Um, have we already touched upon languages? No. So, what's the national language? Well, Lebanese Arabic, right? But they speak French and English. But they're taught French and English. Yeah, it's it's compulsory in school, right? Also, they like they have a weird dialect where they'll just like intermingle a lot of, like they might use a couple of words in English and then Arabic and then finish with the French. Like I, cause I heard this one phrase like "hello." It's like Luxembourgish, but just of a different different mix. Luxembourgish is a national language. It's funny that you're growling because I was going to say it's kind of a bit of a mongrel language. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, something, it, it was something like hello, something in Arabic, and then savah. Be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like a weird, like it's a jumbly jumbly. So, yes, alphabets. One of their big inventions. One of their big inventions. Wow, we haven't got. I know this is kind of your your thing, so well. Okay, I've st- got info here, I'll but st- I thought... I'll start by saying Lebanon is home to the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world. It's 7,000 years old. It's Byblos. Um, and Byblos was one of the first cities of the Phoenicians who would go on to be the Carthaginian Empire, which is one of the big empires that rivaled Rome. And then go and find Venice. Different, different spelling. Um, but the Phoenicians were the first people to invent an alphabet, mm. and it had twenty-two consonants and no vowels. So uh, I guess alphabetic writing is a Lebanese invention. And in fact, a lot everyone were just mumbles, mumble rappers. It would all just be runes or hieroglyphs, I guess, right. or um, what they did in cuneiform, like they did in. Um, you just said a bunch of words I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Okay. Oh, well. I don't know what a rune is. I know what runescape is, so I thought it was a gem well, or something. Well, no, runes. So runes are like just lines. They're like... So, you know you know the Bluetooth signal? Yes. That that's that's uh, Those are Norse runes. There's a combination of two runes. Right. For, for blue and tooth. Hmm. Interesting, that. Um, yeah. so so yeah. Just Biblos, real quick. Uh, I had not the pleasure to go to Biblos before I shot myself. What, really the kebab cool. shop? <laughs> what is there a kebab shop? I feel like there's I've plenty of yeah there's a kebab shop in, in Bristol called Biblos yeah. but in, in Luxembourg there used to be a club called Biblos as well did you go there before you shot yourself as well it's the club I probably shot myself there as well have you ever shot yourself in a club no I haven't naturally <gasps> I lie I didn't shoot myself but one day <laughs> I re- I just completely forgot this but one day I, I managed to go to the toilet but I've it's what, just for a so- poo yeah. In a club? Yeah, I just needed to. Oh, I've, n- I've never. You've never pooed in the club? Never. Oh, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I only got to go clubbing for the... I only got to toilets in clubs for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't involve any yeah, wee or wee poop. Delicious nose uh, clams. Yeah, Biblos is pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's really old. impressive. <laughs> it's pretty old, old yeah. Right, yeah. And it's quite well preserved if you think about how old it is. But it's similar to... Um, 
what's next to Naples? Uh, Pompeii. It's as in like some buildings are old, 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 and really well preserved. They, they found really impressive. They found Phoenician temples underneath churches, underneath mosques. Wow. Yeah. They're very old then. I remember walking around Byblos and the situation in, in Lebanon because of the uh, economic crisis has worsened like last few years. But even in 2019, it was fairly tense. Like walking around Beirut, for example, there's like military everywhere um, because of just Syria and um, Hezbollah. So it's just fairly tense, like not unsafe, but just tense. And I was walking around Byblos and then we just hear gunshots. And the locals were just like, oh, don't worry, it's just someone getting married. But kind of, yeah. And they just shoot guns, celebrate. Yeah, yeah fair. Sure, yeah. I'd love to go to one of those weddings where they shoot guns, as long as it's not in the US, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but. So the alphabet was developed about 1200 BCE. It's not that long ago. Well, the Phoenician one. Yeah, that's what I got here. It's not that long ago. No. Fair play. Yeah, but I guess it's different, yeah, because like alpha, like, an alphabet, like, because... There was writing, but I, I guess like one of the whole thing about like language development is that when you move away from symbols to represent words to having symbols to represent sounds that you can build. Mm. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess that's the big, that allowed for a lot of like, makes it a lot easier to communicate. Actually, no, it doesn't make it easier to communicate. It makes communication much more demographic because you don't have to study to be a scribe to learn mm. all of these symbols. Yeah. So so it sort of, yeah, it broadens the, the, the ease of and ability to learn a language. You, you must have like a quite a strong, <laughs> I was going to say a strong brain, but I mean, it's... Yeah, six, out, you, you know six out of ten. <laughs> you know two alphabets. Yeah, but then... No, but that, like, Masha doesn't listen to this, my, my, my girlfriend, but I'm learning, I'm trying to learn uh, Ukrainian. Uh, and you have to start with like the alphabet, yeah. and obviously I didn't know the alphabet, and just learning that is so hard. And I remember mm. you saying a few episodes ago, like quite a long time ago, that you're annoyed at countries that changed from the Cyrillic alphabet to the Latin alphabet because the Cyrillic alphabet is just like the sounds are so much better for the language. And when you said that, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's just we've got sounds, we've got all the sounds as well, but it makes so much sense. Like the the way I don't know what I'm trying to get to here, but an alphabet just opens your mind completely to different ways of like seeing things. It's, mm. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense what I'm saying, but like it's I'm, just so. I I'm, don't know. I know exactly what I was talking about. I was t- we were we talking about Polish. Yeah, and I'm sure if you ask Masha, like if Polish was written in in the Ukrainian alphabet, would it be easier to read? She'd be like, thousand percent. It yeah. makes sense. It would just be like, yeah, this is how the word should sound. Um, but for us, it's like in, impenetrable. Yeah. I don't know. You might speak Polish, but I don't know. Um, why are you learning Ukrainian? Just for solidarity. It's cool. Yeah, just because I want to be able to understand Russia's family. Give us, give us some. Give us some of your best Ukrainian then. Ja lubio vareniki. I love vareniki. Great. Ja rate u football. Rate u football. I can't do the weird age thing. You say that again. Rate, 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 u football. I play football. Oh, it's very different. How do you say play in Russian? Great. Oh, it's not that different. It's like yeah. that weird H, A T E. Well, weird H. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's downwards line. No, it's like a an a lowercase R, but like super sharp. It's like. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a G in Russian. Yeah, yeah. But so it's like the Russian G, but it's pronounced ch. Yeah. yeah. So chate u football. Yeah, chate u football. I play football. Nice. What yeah. else you got? One more for the fans. Um, uh, put me on the spot there. Duolingo is not... I had a good Duolingo streak. <laughs> so shit. <laughs> uh, I need to learn the alphabet. And it's actually a pretty good way. I don't know. Uh, How do you say welcome? Budlaska? No, that's please. Oh, welcome as in like... Welcome! welcome into, into, I, I don't know. Oh, fair. Neither do I. I don't think I've ever been welcomed in Russia. <laughs> well, by me. I don't, I don't know but what I that word you is. A, a oh, no, I have heard that. Okay. God, look at us learning. Back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Inventions. It, yeah. yeah. 
They also invented the <laughs> stethoscope. No, no way. way. Yeah. Didn't some Wait. other country invent something medical recently that we were really fascinated by? Oh, that rings a bell. Two countries ago, what were we doing? Oh, Mauritius. Mauritius. Oh, I don't have no, The one before that. Come back to that. Comment. The modern stethoscope, an essential medical tool, was invented by René Lanec, a French physician of Lebanese descent. Uh, his invention revolutionized the way doctors listened to internal sounds and became a standard medical device worldwide. That's fucking cool. <laughs> to bring it back. Oh, you've got more, more inventions? Uh, no. No, I don't. Oh. It said, I did ask uh, the internet for inventions and they said banking system, which the description here is uh, it's known for its robust, sophisticated banking system. And the country's banking sector has played a vital role in the region's financial industry. No shit. And has been recognized for its stability and innovative financial services. So that just says it does it's, good stuff yeah, there's banking it there's a lot bank. of investment there's a lot of like western banks but i'm pretty sure they're pretty much but all they, left now they accept the dollar though don't they they use the lebanese pound but they also accept the dollar mm, they, they don't remember. really have much um oil or anything they don't have do they? really any oil no i don't think do no, they that's why any? they they went into the financial right um, yeah, do you know? Yeah, do, do they have any exports that they're renowned cedar. for? Cedar. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Hummus. Hummus. You've got loads of it. Yeah. Massive plates. What they would use for exports would be a port. And do you remember what happened like two years ago at the port? I'm oh, sure yeah. everyone remembers that, like, that massive explosion. I'm still seeing videos of that popping it, up. Like, it's just ones. crazy. Like, what how was it? The was it fertilizer? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like a. Yeah. And I don't think they've recovered from like because that was just like at the start of a economic crisis, and then a lot of corruption came out of Clear all up. those news and stuff like that. So since then, it's been going downhill really, and the and the um, Lebanese pound is worth nothing nowadays compared to what it was like a couple of few years ago. Mm. Yeah, th those videos are terrifying. It's yeah. just just like a movie. Yeah, you see it like. The see way the shock come wave, through yeah. buildings and mm. blow the windows out. And it's and so far, like yeah. most of those videos, and still so potent. Terrifying. Well, speaking of terrifying Ooh. situations and places, <laughs> oh. it sort of segues quite nicely. I don't know if you're going to the hostel or to, to the cryptid. Well, it's just... That's great. I'm going, I'm going to my favourite segment of the week. Bought, bought to you in association with the Alpha Guest House, Bristol's premium guest house accommodation. I'm not sure if they're taking bookings at the moment. Well, last week you mentioned the £30, but that's just a sign that's been there since I've been here. And inflation was there thing. the one I first... Yes. Well, it, it was there since before I lived in Bristol. So that's what, like 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed there about 10 years ago. So, so, <laughs> so it was expensive back then. And if they haven't changed their prices, it's cheap now. But they're I feel like the inflation... That's well, not a very not. robust financial model, is it? Well, they should take a leaf out of Lebanon's book. Um, anyway, this place is called the Grand Hotel Beirut, which is a great name for a hotel. Worst hotel I've ever been to. <laughs> great I, name, though. I wish I can give a lower rate than one. We went for one day sleep before our flight. I booked through Emirates as a four-star hotel. This is definitely not four stars. They knew me and my wife were leaving early in the morning with two checked-in luggage. What? They failed to tell us that we have to carry them down from the fourth floor. What a joke. There's no electricity for the lifts to function. And That's the thing that, like, they, there's cutouts. Yeah. Often, I remember that. The lifts didn't work in the hotel I was in as well. Add to that, the room and the bathroom have mould. Very dirty, internet very slow, and the bathroom sits, stinks, um, which hasn't been cleaned for months. Do not stay at... No, not this one. Um, that reminds me of the one in Bhutan where they were complaining about the typhoon. Like, it's not the hotel's fault. There's no power in the city, is it? Okay, well, how about this one? Probably the worst hotel in the world. <laughs> <laughs> room was dirty. The service was bad. But the Algerian receptionist was friendly. Others were very rude. Dirty rooms, smelly corridors, rusty bathroom, no value for money. Though it is cheaper than other hotels in the same area. You could probably pay about 20% more and get a 1,000% better experience. No internet service in the rooms. 
and of course, worst owner. After I wrote a review on Booking.com, the owner sent me an email threatening to sue me. Oh, I wish she had I, the email. I would, I would sleep on the streets rather than having to stay in this hotel. Oh. Mm. That's what I did, got. Did it, where, uh, was it in Beirut, did you yeah, say? Yeah, Grand Hotel Beirut. I assume it's in Beirut. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds all right. Yeah. yeah. No, it actually doesn't, like, no bugs or co- uh, cockroaches or you anything like that. that. So that's all right. Dr- like, it's pretty arid there, right? Yeah. Oh, I've got some information about that. Staying places and tourism stuff. Um, some good spots to go to. Uh, uh, Baalbek is located in the Bekar Valley and is home to some of the most impressive Roman ruins in the world. You know what? What I said earlier about Byblos? I'm in Baalbek. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I did go to Byblos as well, but the, the ones I had in mind where it was like super tall, incredible ruins, that was Baalbek. And that's but, where uh, I heard Byblos the gunshot. Byblos has that too. Yeah, but it's not like, as like tall. Right. It's like, it's more... Yes, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, it says... Uh, Byblos has rich history with its well-preserved archaeological sites, ancient ports, Crusader Castle, and charming old town. Yeah. Um, And then Baalbek is the Roman ruins one then. Um, And the Temple of Bacchus and the Temple of Jupiter are monumental structures showcasing the grandeur and architectural prowess of the ancient Roman Empire. Or as I would put it, quite tall. Quite quite tall. Yeah, Yeah, that's... That's what I heard the contrast. Considering you know so many languages, you've got quite the way with words there, Ed. <laughs> it's well, kind of big. <laughs> they've had loads of empires, the Phoenicians, the Romans, some Greeks, Arabs, Ottomans. They all ploughed through there, right? British were there, French were there. And now they're doing so their own if, thing. If there's no like natural resources, apart from the, like a type of tree, why is everyone going there? Because it's it's by the sea... It's lush, lots of forests. Yeah, there's it's not uh, ar- arid and desertity. So it's diverse landscape ranging from fertile Becker Valley to the snow capped peaks of Mount Lebanon, which we mentioned earlier. And it's situated along the Mediterranean, which we've not mentioned yet, which is. Oh, if you don't know where Lebanon is, fucking. I did we, we didn't it. earlier. We, we, we had to Google what countries were next to it. <laughs> yeah, but we knew where it was. I did say Beirut was I a didn't. Mediterranean city. So. Ah, I'll fair. Say. Uh, but yeah, it offers beautiful beaches, lovely coastal areas, but it's also really rich in caves. Um, with one of the other places I was going to say to go to is the Gita Grotto, which is one of the most impressive cave systems in the world. But it's also, um, yeah, you can take like boat rides through the caves and, and things like that. And then one of the other sites to go to is the Cedars of God. Um, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, the Forest of Cedar Trees in the Mountains of Northern Lebanon, which you didn't go to. That's the one I didn't go to, yeah. Sounds but great, I got, got honey from there, so, you know. Oh, same, same. Do you know, have you heard about, I uh, mentioned briefly earlier, the Druze? Yes. Do you know much about the Druze? I know nothing about the Druze. Ed, do you know anything okay, about the Druze? No, <laughs> I know nothing about the, the Druze. Druze. The Druze are really interesting. They're really interesting. How Arab, do you spell it? D-R-U-Z-E. Um... They're, they're like a weird little religious group that are sort of, they've incorporated beliefs from like Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, mm. as well as believing in reincarnation. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're like, they're quite heavily persecuted. They're, they're an Arabic, uh, um, an Arabic speaking uh, religion. Um, I don't really know. I have a lot about them. It's not really Islam. Are they just in that region or? Yeah, well, mostly there, mostly in, in the I mean, Levant. it makes sense, kind of like the one place where and they're, and they're, they're ethno-religious so that you, to be a Druze you've got to be part of the Druze group got, Druze uh, Cruise if you saw a picture of them you'd be like ah yeah I've seen those before they, they have funny hats funny hats and a specific cloak thing that they wear over the top that I can't remember what it is called and they've, they've got a lot of Greek philosophy in their oh. uh, teachings as well. It's quite like Platonic and Aristotelian. Aristotelian? Aristotelian. They have a lot of religious tourism oh, to yeah. to Lebanon. Um, pilgrim, pigr- pilgrimage sites like the Gita Grotto, um, the Our Lady of Lebanon Shrine in Harissa, and the St. Shabel Monastery in Anaya, in Anaya uh, draw visitors. Um and pre-COVID, like their tourism numbers were like properly spiking, and they had the most visitors ever, which was two point two million, 
um, which was a seven percent increase from the year before. That's beautiful. I would definitely like it's it's got it all. Apparently, like Lebanon's like the f- one of the big food centers of the Middle East as well. Oh, like, and, and Aleppo is like well was one of the really big ones in Syria as well. Like famous for their like gastronomical feats. Mm. Um, something you can't eat: mythical creatures. It's not a good one this week. It's a because one of the national animals of Lebanon, I believe, is the hy- the striped, striped hyena. hyena. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're so it's basically like a hyena, fucked a zebra. So cool. That sounds not very cool, actually. But this this cryptid really? hyenas. They like them. hyenas look shit. What? I don't, Do I don't they? Like them. Yeah, I don't I like love them. them. It's no, probably no, because of. Um, Lion King. Lion King. I don't like it. Fair enough. Um, well, this one's the were-hyena, Ooh. much like the werewolf. That's pretty self-explanatory. It's, oh, so it's midnight. Full moon, turn into a wolf, hyena. Nice. There we are. That's it. Oh, man, they just look so disgusting. Oh, they're cool. They're very cool. They do look like a cryptid out of most animals. Yeah. That's yeah. Them and eye eyes. Yeah, Madagascar. I, I think they're the two most. It just looks mean. They are like not just aggressive, just... but like mean. Like yeah. it would be rude. I, I saw some <laughs> just just while we were on the topic of hyenas. Sorry, I saw uh, one of the outtakes from one of our wildlife series of a hyena pulling a calf out of a. A live antelope. Live antelope. Yeah. Mm. While running or already pinned down? It was like... Was it through through the vagina or was it more cesarean just, style? <laughs> it was just a cesarean by the hyenas. It was like a pack of hyenas around them just... Stu- apparently stuff dies really slowly in in Africa. Like the, the wildlife. It's rough. Anyway. <laughs> wow. That was, that's it. Well, some, not only does the wear hyena sometimes be... A, human turning into a hyena it can go the other way it can be a hyena turning into a, a human and oh. what does it do oh it just gobble, gobbles people up probably oh. you know? gives people the shits goes to wedding shoots guns nice yeah. I would have expected it to be like so if you know a human turns into a hyena does hyena stuff makes sense hyena turns into a human would do human stuff go to the bank might do might go to Carrefour get some <laughs> get some yeah. pastries um, I got some couple of animal stuff there's nothing particularly fascinating about the wildlife there. They're just a really important thoroughfare for birds, millions and millions of birds. Yeah. It's like four. So it's got two and a half thousand plant species. Millions of birds go through there. I think it's over 400 species. They have Arabian leopards, Syrian brown bears, which I didn't know was a thing. I mean, just listing quite cool stuff there. Yeah, yeah. I just have to say, it's not that interesting. <laughs> um, wild cats. Mountain gazelles. They've got a uh, really rare oryx that they find in the mountains. Lots of rare endemic species like the Leb- Lebanon oak and Lebanese lily. Uh, lots of reptiles. The Montpellier snake. Um, Sounds like a very fancy snake. Yeah. Cultured. It's, it's got a monocle. <laughs> yeah. It's got a little, little black circle little around one eye. Always just from Bristol. <laughs> yeah. It's either or. One of the coolest things, though, was... I had no idea about it. Lebanon's geological history is marked by seismic activity. Um, it lies along the active Dead Sea Transform fault line, which gives the country the occasional earthquake. Isn't it part of like a rift? The rift valley goes all the way down to I think so. Mozam- but wasn't Mozambique. there an earthquake just before the explosion as well? Not yeah. that it was related, but like it was just I another thing like of shit that they were just going through. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And that is my facts all bar one. Um, there's a tradition that they have Ooh. called tarbush tossing. During festive occasions, Lebanese people sometimes engage in a playful tradition of tossing a tarbush, which is the traditional red fez type hat. Okay. Uh, onto someone's head as a symbol of good luck or as a lighthearted gesture. So you just... How would you throw it? How would you throw it or how are you supposed to throw uh, well, it? Well, both. I'd frisbee it if I was going to throw is it. Is it like a fez? Is it fez yeah. shaped? I'm not sure if it's structured like a fez because fez is like made a cardboardy i need to see the i need to see a picture of this hat before i give you a okay proper assessment if it's structured like a fez i wouldn't do it frisbee style i'd do it more sort of like oh, it is hard it's basically a fez i'd do it like um like 
a granny shot in basketball. Oh, what? So it spins that way. So it's between the legs, and then you're going up, <laughs> up like that. Oh god, up like that. I know. I think I'd still frisbee it. Really? Yeah. What was that noise? Oh, it's the water bottle. Oh, okay. Um, how would you do it, Ed? Would you go for like a th- uh, I would three? Do like you. Three uh, pointer. It's more fun. Oh, three points is pretty good. Uh, oh, frisbee is probably the most effective. It would keep it that way. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I think it's got too much surface. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be stable. Right. Well, there's only one way to resolve this. Is get get, get fairs. Yeah. Get one for the next episode, and we'll see what's the most effective. Nice. Cool. I've got two more traditions. Let's do it. When you're a guest in the Lebanese house, especially in the village, you're supposed to leave a thin layer of the drink you were offered by the host, usually tea. It's commonly referred to as imet el kibay kibaye, or the value of the cup, and serves to show those around you what it is you were drinking exactly. I don't know really why, whether it's like, oh, so you were drinking tea, I'm going to give you more or oh, oh, you were drinking coffee well I'm not going to give you more tea right? yeah. um, isn't isn't Arak from Lebanon I don't know I, I know you get it in Indonesia so I, I, God knows I'm feeling it's like it's like Raki it's like a Lebanese drink isn't it no yeah idea. it is Arak drink Lebanese it's like um, it's like a it's, it's, spirit, it's, right? yeah it's just it's just brandy oh, no okay. it's, it's like it's like unaged brandy right. like, ah. yeah fresh well, I'm, like I'm absolutely tapped here, boys. Got one last tradition. Older Lebanese people usually take great offence when the person sitting next to him, <laughs> you're both doing it to Pointing me. Pointing feet. Um, cross their legs in a way that has the person's foot pointed in their direction. Uh, yeah. You know what? I remember that from an advert from like the late nineties. From late, you watching like there was late nineties Lebanese TV? There was a there was a guy sat at a table in Lebanon, in Beirut, I think, maybe, and there was an old person on the table opposite him, and he's clearly like a like a European guy, and he's got a book out, and you can see the table of old people, like, scoffing and looking at the bottom of his feet, and like... Yeah. Wow. What happened? Yeah. Just an advert? Yeah. For it was what? Like, uh, about for for Russia. Uh, I think it was, like, connecting people. I think it was, like, a phone. Nokia, probably. Oh, yeah. Connecting people. Or he was wearing flip-flops and it was for, like, blister plasters. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Right. Uh, and d- that's me. We're Dunzos. Where, where are we going next week? <laughs> Central Asia again, Ed? Is that where uh, you want to go? I'd like to go to Central Asia, yes. What, what, are you, what are you asking? I wouldn't mind South America. Oh, yeah. Brazil would be Brazil, fun. I was thinking Brazil. Brazil. Would be sick. Oh, yeah. Nice. Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. That's a good one, too. All I'm, over that I, shit. I, I'm happy so many birds. Such a good flag. Oh, yeah. I can rewatch the Ross Wilson's Kemp on Gangs episode. <laughs> the what? Ross Kemp in Papua. Oh, See, yeah. classic. You're not going to shoot me, are you? You're going to shoot me? You're going to shoot me? You're going to be big man? You're going to shoot me? Oh. All right, everyone. <laughs> See you in Papua New Guinea. See you next week. Right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.